Denizens of the Night. Welcome to another episode of the Macabre, the Terrifying. Broadcasting live from a seemingly innocuous coffee shop, I will be your guide through the witching hours. Tonight, we'll check in on how one woman is trying to better herself in the new year. January is the month for reflection and course corrections. And while she didn't make a formal resolution, tonight's leading lady has decided to try and become more extroverted. To get out a little and socialize. So, she signs up for a six-week class to help guide her along the way. All is well until she gets to know a few unusual classmates. This story is called I'm a Shut-In and took a class to help me learn social skills, but now I wish I'd never signed up and was written by Quincy Lee. Do you avoid errands because you might bump into someone you know? Does the phone ringing make you break out in a panicky sweat? The School for Shut-Ins can help. Transform from shy, socially inept loner to life of the party. We can't make you an extrovert, but we can teach you how to fake it so well, everyone will think you are. Grow from cocooned caterpillar to social butterfly in six weeks. Click to register. Wrapped up in my pajamas at my computer, I consider the link. No one can make me an extrovert, not even a fake one. You may wonder about me writing this post. Sure, I'm great online, but in person I can barely stammer two words. I turn red and sweaty and I panic fart. Which would be funny if I were a charming extrovert and could make a joke from it, but I can't so I just die inside. Last phone conversation I had with my boss, I ended with, love you, bye, because the only phone calls I ever make are with mom. Needless to say, I quit my job, just ghosted. Couldn't face the fallout of that. <laughs> okay, maybe I need this class. I sign up. Week one. Week one opens with some pretty generic videos explaining types of anxiety. Those who are comfortable are asked to write an introductory post. Those who are not can fill out as much or as little as we want of a questionnaire, but at minimum we need to pick a username. Mine is Frogger. There are 16 of us in total, and I'm surprised to find that a lot of my classmates have social anxiety even online. Only about half write an introductory post. Our other assignment is to journal about our biggest fears. I write, I'm worried that I'm worthless and will never find love. I'm basically a female incel, and my greatest fear is that I will never like myself. There, I said it. I'm 22 years old. I obsess over everything I do or say. Every mistake I make burned forever in my brain. If this class can teach me to go out in the world, 
maybe people will like me. And if that happens, maybe I can learn to like myself even just a little bit. Week two. We have our first Zoom meeting at the end of week two. We're working toward week four, which is the big week when we have our in-person meetup, which will require us to go to an actual cafe. We won't have to talk to anyone. We'll place our orders in advance and our drinks will be waiting for us at tables with our usernames. We'll pull out our laptops and conduct class online, but we will have to be in the same space, breathing the same air, being together. It makes me nervous. I'm sure it makes everyone nervous. So to get us ready, week three is our first synchronous online Zoom. And to get us ready for that, week two is our first synchronous online chat. We only spend the last 10 minutes of class in the chat. Our instructor, Brandon, coaxes replies. Brandon. Hey, everyone. How are you doing? Okay. How about we all just say hi? Trudy. Hi. Brandon. Just... Type hi in the chat box, please, so I know it's working for you. Trudy. Hi. Frogger. Hi. Everyone is nervous. And two people have already dropped the class. We're down to 14 students now. Our instructor nonetheless applauds everyone, even those who only lurked. He tells us we're doing great. Week 3. Week three is our last online session. We join Zoom. On screen, our instructor smiles at us from the actual coffee shop where we will meet next week. Patrons sip drinks and bustle around him. The instructor cannot see us, our cameras are off, but he invites us all virtually to pull up chairs with our coffees. Brandon is a pleasant, professorial man in his mid-forties with red hair and a beard, chubby and good-looking. Brandon says comforting things like, I won't expect you to talk, don't worry. I actually love sitting in silence. Sometimes, if I'm nervous, I pretend that instead of a person, I'm a cat. No one can talk to me because cats can't talk. That's how I used to convince myself to go out places, not as Brandon but his cat, Brandon. Wow, dorky. Makes me feel better about my own dorkitude. There's no pressure to say or do anything in the chat. After an hour, Brandon finally says the next week will be just like this, but we'll be in person. And remember, next week, we're all cat people. We won't have to talk. We actually can't talk. It's not allowed. So don't be scared. But if you are, that's okay. You can be a scared cat at your keyboard, just like today, and that's fine. Okay, Brandon. I think I can do the meetup. I'm ready for next week. Some people clearly aren't, though. We're down to only 12 students. Week four. The coffee shop is exactly like it looked on Zoom. I find my seat with my name tag, which also has a cat version of me. We had to make these as homework and send them in. 
I also can see everyone else's cat versions. One person has a zombie cat, and another a cutesy anime cat. And of course, there are house cats and meme cats. I sit down and take my hot cocoa and open my laptop and join the chat. Our instructor, Brandon, sits at a table nearby. He definitely saw me come in, but he doesn't look up, doesn't turn around, doesn't even make eye contact. He also has his cat picture up, a fluffy ginger tabby. (laughs) Cat Brandon. He can't talk either, per the rules. Okay. Just a bunch of weirdos with coffee and cat pictures sitting around doing nothing. Check. Can do this. God, I wish I weren't sweating so hard right now. My stomach in knots. About half of the other students are here already, and I'm surprised at the diversity. A 30-something woman in sweats, a man who might be in his 50s, a teen girl who is the only person younger than me, with pale skin and haunted, sad eyes, dressed in goth style, complete with smoky eye makeup. One guy, whose name is George, arrives late and says a nervous, Hi, hey, to everyone as he sits at his place. We are all aghast. George, we're cats. You can't break the rules. No talking. Thankfully, George reads the room and shuts his trap. Brandon's fingers rap on his keys into the chat. Brandon. All here. Good. Let's begin. Week four. Post-class. So the cat thing was actually pretty fun. In the chat, Brandon asked us each why we picked our specific cats. We could pass or engage. Then Brandon broke us off into pairs to meet each other or to be quiet cats if we didn't feel like talking. I even made one friend. Goth Girl, that's her username, but I call her Gigi, is the first person I was paired with. She's closer to my age, so I think I was sort of drawn to her to begin with. She's kind of cute and... Okay, let's be real. I'm never going to approach a cute girl IRL, but like, from my keyboard... I asked her about her cat pick, which is this super creepy, scary monster thing that honestly does not look like a cat at all. And she was nervous to share, so told me to go first. Frogger. Um, okay. Well, mine is a cat in a frog hat because I have kind of a weird frog face. Gigi snuck a peek at me from across the table, then quickly looked down again and typed, I don't think you look like a frog. Well, maybe a little. It's okay, I totally do and know it. Hey, you know why frogs are so happy being frogs? Hmm? They eat whatever bugs them. I got that from a joke book. So, what's with your cat from your worst nightmares that clearly is not a cat? Did you draw it yourself? Yes. You got skills. I'm impressed. My only talents are looking like a frog and sharing frog puns. And shoot! 
I just realized what I should have made my username. Hmm? Hermit the Frog? <laughs> okay, everyone. Time to switch partners. Finish up your conversations. Oh, dang. Well, it was nice chatting with you, Gigi. Can I call you Gigi? I really enjoyed seeing your art, too. Looking forward to our next chat. Me, too. Take care, Frogface. Okay, so it's not an actual conversation, but we were technically IRL, which means I interacted IRL with a girl who's not my mom or me looking back from a mirror. A cute girl. Go me. Once I got out the door, though, the anxiety hit me in a wave. The worst anxiety I felt in forever, really. It literally felt like eyes watching me, following me. My nerves didn't stop until I got home. And even then, after I wrapped up tight in my blankets like a caterpillar into its cocoon, it took a long time for that unsettling feeling to fade. Week 5 Today is our conversation class, and I'm so terrified at the thought of speaking to Gigi aloud instead of through the keyboard that just the thought drenches me in sweat. Upper lip sweat, armpit sweat, underboob sweat. Oh God, I can never meet her. Unless it's in the rain, so she can't tell how sweaty I am. But why would we meet in the rain? I'm doomed. Maybe I'll make a joke about my exceptional sweat glands and how frogs are moist. No, don't use the word moist. Uh, do I want to chase her away forever? Oh, why? Why am I so bad at life? I pull everything out of my closet looking for the right outfit. Something that will magically make me cute. I settle on a green hoodie with frog eyes on top of the hood, and the front of the hood zips closed over my face like a frog mouth, which will allow me to hide when I inevitably embarrass myself in front of the whole world. Perfect. It's as I'm on my way to class, the anxiety kicks in so hard that once again I feel eyes on me staring. But whenever I whirl around, there's no one. It's just nerves. At the coffee shop, I find a new double-sided name tag. One side reads Frogger. The other shows my cat picture. Brandon tells us cat side up means quiet. Name side up means talking. He encourages us to start with our names and only turn into cats if we need a break. About half the class start as cats anyway. We are down to only eight students. Moist, I keep thinking, in my sweltering hoodie, wishing I could shunt the word out of my brain forever. But unfortunately, it's how I am and how I feel. Moist, moist, moist. Kill me. I almost sigh in relief when I'm not paired with Gigi, even though I'm desperate to look into her beautiful, sad eyes and joke, Look! We're the princess and the frog, except the frog never turns hot. Instead, 
I'm paired up with some guy whose name tag reads Dark Lord. He's tall and hunched and has this, uh, dark stare. Seems to be going for Kylo Ren vibes, but a lot nerdier and way less jacked. His cat picture is a low-res black cat with laser eyes. We've been given conversation cards to facilitate our interactions, but he only glares down at his cards, not making eye contact. Finally, he mumbles, I'd watch out for her. Huh? I say. Haven't you noticed? Intense stare at cards. She doesn't breathe. And even though I'm melting in my hoodie, suddenly I'm chilled. I try to sneak a glance over at Gigi. When I look back at Dark Lord, he's eyeing me with such a burning intensity I feel my skin crawl, but he quickly drops his gaze and reddens. He really can't look anyone in the eye, apparently. After a few more partner swaps, Gigi is my last conversation for the day. She still has her name tag on the cat side and looks utterly shattered by the conversation exercise. Apparently, she just can't bring herself to make so much as a peep. Her face is red and her eyes damp. And even though it's her turn to start by reading a question from a card, it's obvious that isn't going to work for her. I have an idea and I reach over and tap the top question on her list. What is your name? Then I point to myself, tugging my frog hoodie and circling my face with a finger. Frog face. She peers at me from beneath lowered lashes. I show her the first question on my card list. Where are you from? She shakes her head. I try another one, sifting through the conversation questions and hold one up for her. What's something you really like? She looks at it, and then points to me. You like me? I blurt. Her eyes widen, and I suddenly realize what she means. Oh, oh jeez. You're asking me to answer the question about what I like, not telling me that you like, uh... I zip up my hoodie so that she's just looking at a green fabric frog face now. My cheeks are on fire. It is really unbearably hot in this room. I think I might die right here. But then I hear a sound that breaks through the fire and makes my heart lift. A very soft tinkle of laughter. Gigi is laughing. I mean... I'm still going to go and die of shame when I get home, but at least I'll die knowing I made her giggle. And then I feel a soft tug on my hoodie. The zipper opens, and a wave of cool air rushes in as her small fingers open up the front. Brandon is calling us back to order and saying class is going to wrap up and we'll meet next week. As I'm packing up my bag, I glance back to Gigi, and she's watching me. She points at her question card, the one I pulled out about something you really like, and then points back to me. And then she turns and quickly darts out. My heart, it's bursting.
Week 5, post-class. I'm just about to set off for home when a bell jingles behind me and the coffee shop door opens and the barista yells, Hey! I'm already in my introvert bubble. Let's be real. I'm always in my bubble. And having it popped by this apron barista whose face is making loud words at me shatters me into a panic. Oh no, I think. My palms sweat and my throat closes up. Unfortunately, I already made eye contact, so I'm trapped. Suddenly, I notice the tablet he's waving and the stickers on it. It belongs to Gigi. Finally, the sounds tumbling out of his lips register. One of your classmates forgot her tablet! Not knowing what else to do, I hold my hand out. My internal monologue flares up. What if he thinks you're trying to steal it? What if he takes the opportunity to strike up a conversation? You'll have to pretend to faint, and when he goes in to get water for you, wake up and run away. But the employee smiles and says, Thanks, and hands me the tablet and heads back inside. And I breathe a sigh of deepest relief. Well, I survived that. The sky overhead is a deep and beautiful purple, the stars just coming out to twinkle. And as I recover myself, looking up the street for Gigi, it feels like they're shining just for me. I spot her tiny form retreating in the distance, and I follow her. For once... I don't have that feeling of eyes on me watching me. It must be because my nerves are finally settling. Am I becoming a better, braver frogger? I fantasize about handing her tablet back to her, our hands touching. No, she will snatch her fingers away in disgust, and God, even my fantasies are a fail. Um... I fantasize about smiling and tucking my sweaty hands back into my pockets after I hand her tablet to her and offering to walk her home. But with each passing step, it feels less romantic, more like I'm just a stalker. If she'd only turn around for a second so I could wave. I should just go home, keep our interactions safely online, and I'm about to do just that, when my phone pings. Dark Lord. Look. Two pictures. I click the links and open two images that I stare at for several moments in confusion. The first is a class of 1993 yearbook photograph, the hairstyles and clothes outdated. The second is a senior photo from that same yearbook with the name Genevieve Grayson. Genevieve looks exactly like G.G. Frogger. Whoa! Is that her mom? Dark Lord. Are you an idiot? It's her! His insistence on some girl from a 30-year-old yearbook being G.G. seems ridiculous. It has to be a relative. I mean, it looks exactly like her, but for that to be Gigi herself would be impossible. And yet, a shiver creeps along my spine because it's not just a resemblance. 
The girl in the yearbook photo looks, well, identical. Something isn't right here. Something isn't watched. I feel like I'm being watched. I glance around, and then I tuck the tablet into my bag. I've lost all trace of Gigi. I'll have to message her about the tablet later. But now, now as I turn and hurry home, I'm certain I hear footsteps behind me, certain that eyes are on me, following me, that something is drawing nearer and nearer. Meanwhile, my phone is pinging again and again. I risk a glance and see Dark Lord messaging me. Haven't you noticed how the class keeps shrinking? I got the class list from the teacher. Well, stole it. Anyway, people aren't dropping. They're disappearing. I found missing persons reports. I tried to tell Teach, but he thinks I'm a conspiracy theorist. So I looked myself. That girl you got the hots for? Frogger, on the class list, her name is Genevieve Grayson. Same as that yearbook. Guess what I found out about Genevieve? Frogger? Are you still there? Shit, are you home? Are you safe? Frogger? Emailing you. I'm running now, the phone in my pocket. The shadows. The shadows seem to be closing in around me. That feeling of being watched has intensified so much, I swear I can see eyes glinting out at me from the dark. The chill has penetrated to my bones. And as I run, in the thud of my footsteps, either there's an echo or... Or a second set of footsteps, just under mine, hidden almost to be inaudible by the pounding reverberations. Someone running after me, almost at exactly my pace, but ever so slightly, with each step catching up. Finally, my apartment building looms. Relief floods me, and I dash toward the bright glare of the exterior building lights. For a moment, I feel the presence of that icy chill like a wind raking my back, and then I'm inside, rushing up the stairs, bursting into my apartment and slamming the door shut, locking it. After several moments, I finally take out my phone in shaking hands. Frogger. I'm home. I think someone followed me. What were you going to tell me about Genevieve? There's no response. So I go to my desk and Google Genevieve Grayson. And as I sit there, staring at my screen, my blood runs cold. Because when I do find her yearbook photo, it's true. Genevieve Grayson looks just like Gigi, but... According to Google, Genevieve has been dead for nearly 30 years. Week 6 I'm really freaked out. Like, so freaked out. The morning after I had that scare running home, I tried to contact Dark Lord, but he wasn't answering. The email he sent me the night before had attachments of missing persons reports. These matched the list he sent of our classmates' names and contact info 
that I guess he stole from the teacher. He was right about our classmates disappearing. But the worst news came later, after I was checking the local news. I started looking because I was searching for more missing persons reports, and there was a headline that caught my attention. Maimed body of slain man found outside apartment. The body of Javier Rodriguez, 27, was found disemboweled outside of his apartment late Monday night. Gazing at the image of the man in the newspaper photo, I felt my heart drop to my toes. Because it was Dark Lord, looking out at me with his trademark intense stare, and in his arms was a cat, the black cat with the laser eyes from his picture. Apparently, it was his actual pet cat. And somehow, it's this little detail that makes it all seem so much more horrifically real. Should I call the police? Tell them that Javier was trying to warn me about something the night he died? Oh, God, I'd never be able to sit through an interrogation. I consider telling Brandon, but Javier already tried and got dismissed as a conspiracy theorist. By the time class rolls around, I've done nothing. Pathetic, I know. When I arrive at the coffee shop almost an hour early, the bell jingles above my head and the barista smiles in greeting. I duck my head. And then I see Brandon, his pleasant face brightening. Frogger, you're early. I haven't ordered drinks yet. Would you like to order your own? Or are you a quiet cat today? Can I talk to you? Sure. He comes over and sits at a corner table with me, leans in and asks in his gently affirming way, What's up? Already, I'm sweating like mad in my frog hoodie. I lean in, and Brandon furrows his brow in that concerned way of his, and I blurt out, Javier thinks we're all in danger, and now he's dead, and we have to call the police and ambush Genevieve because she doesn't breathe. Oh, he already looks like he doesn't believe me. My face is red, hot, and flushed. I open up my messenger app and show him the messages I exchanged with Javier, as well as the yearbook pics of Genevieve and the news article about Javier's death. I don't know what to say, he admits when he finally does speak, shaking his head. This is all so... After a pause, he asks, Why did you wait until now to tell me? Aren't you usually much more comfortable communicating by messages? I didn't want her to know, and I was worried she might have some way to... I don't know. I mean, Javier hacked your site and got access to your class roster. What? I just didn't want her to find out beforehand and come after you or me. I dropped my eyes. It feels like a betrayal, talking about Gigi this way. I have to remind myself that she's not G.G., she's Genevieve, and she's much, much older than the 19-year-old she appears to be. Did you go to the police? asks Brandon. I shake my head. 
I'm pretty sure they'll go through his emails and messages to try to find his killer. I can't really add anything. What I don't say is that I could barely blurt out the truth to Brandon, let alone officers in an interrogation room. I'd probably just look guilty, and they'd wonder if I had something to do with it, and then arrest me for murder, and I'd be too terrified to open my mouth to defend myself. And while my mind is tunneling ever deeper down this rabbit hole, Brandon is talking again. I'll message everyone that class is postponed until further notice. Meantime, you go straight home and message me that you got home safe. Actually, he rubs his chin. I'd better walk you. Come on. We head out into the early evening. And even though I'm bundled up with a scarf over my frog hoodie, the wind is biting and makes my eyes weep. Brandon interrogates me about my disappearing classmates, who else I've told, and I'm mumbling my answers when my flesh prickles. What is it? Brandon stops. Eyes, I whisper. Someone's watching us. He looks all around. You must be imagining it. There's no one out here. When I insist that someone is watching us, he considers for a moment and then tugs my wrist and pulls me into a trot, saying we'll take a shortcut. We move quickly, ducking into an alley. I still hear the echo of footsteps, feel the weight of eyes. But then the feeling vanishes as we turn a corner. Brandon takes us further away from the street, deeper into the back alley between buildings, and finally stops by the dumpster at the rear of what seems to be a warehouse. Still feel eyes? he asks. I shake my head. That's good, Brandon says in his mellow, reassuring voice. I wouldn't want anyone to see what happens next. Huh? His words register too late. And then I'm on the ground, struggling for air because he has me pinned. He smiles, and his teeth are long, sharp, and there are too many of them to fit in his mouth. He lifts a hand to wipe away the saliva that dribbles down his chin, and his eyes have a feral glow. Javier got too close. He remarks, I had to get rid of him. Didn't realize he showed all his findings to you. The thing about shut-ins, though, that makes you such wonderful pickings is that you never go to anyone for help. Every time. Every class. If there's anyone suspicious, and usually there isn't, but if there is, you always come to me. A shame, Frogger. You made real progress. I'd be proud of you if you didn't smell so delicious. His teeth have gotten too long for his mouth, and warm, wet droplets fall onto my face. And then it's back. Eyes watching me. Soft footsteps. I look past my slavering professor, and behind him stands a girl pale in her gothic makeup. Brandon's head turns. Huh? 
She looks down at me, then at Brandon. He wipes his face, and his teeth retract enough for him to growl. Nice of you to join class, Genevieve. My worst student here with my best. You know, your classmate here thinks you're immortal? A shame she doesn't have my sense of smell, or she'd know better. He inhales deeply and smiles. A smile that cracks his face wider than should be possible, revealing that those teeth run in rows deep into his skull. Then he tells her to please wait and not run and make him chase her. I hate exercising before dinner. When he turns back to me, his jaws open wide enough, it seems he might swallow my head whole. Stop. It's a whisper, but the first word Gigi has ever spoken. To my shock, Brandon does stop. He blinks and turns. Watch that. He looks at her and his eyes have gotten wide, nostrils flaring as he sniffs the air, as if he smells something on her breath. She inhales deeply, clenching her fists, and yells, Stop! The world explodes. I don't know how to describe it. It's like the word leaves her body and in the air becomes a great dark mass of blackness, shadow given form, and at the same time her real body, her human body, collapses like a deflated balloon, and the thing that emerges from her voice expands like spilled ink across my vision, stretching up and above us, and for just an instant as it looms, all solid black except for vaguely pointed ears and the flashes of white that might be teeth, I recognize it. The cat she used for her name tag picture? Cat Gigi. But, of course, it is not a cat, and never was. And apparently, now that it's been freed by her voice, Brandon can definitely smell it, because in the instant before it envelops us, he springs, leaping with a shocking agility away from me and up the side of the building. But that liquid shadow spills upward just as fast, and his screams vanish into gargling. There's a crunching and squelching, and blood rains down on me. And then I hear screaming, and this time, this time it's my voice, and I'm running running as fast as my legs will carry me. Graduation Brandon's corpse has not been found. He's been listed as a missing person, just like all my classmates. The only exception is Javier. If I had to guess, Brandon was interrupted at the scene and fled to avoid being caught by someone who wasn't a shut-in. It's been weeks, and I still haven't told anyone all of this. <laughs> Who would I tell? Ironically, even though Brandon's class didn't make me an extrovert, I've gotten better at things like grocery shopping. 
I guess after the last lethal lesson, well, I found there are scarier things in the world than small talk, though it's still in my top ten. Oh, also, GG messaged me. GG. Hi. Hope you're okay, Frogface. Sorry if I scared you. Sorry for thinking it was you disappearing people. I was completely suckered by Brandon. It's okay. So it was you following me all those times? Watching me? Yes. You knew what Brandon was and were trying to protect me? Honestly, I had no idea about our teacher. The truth is, I followed you because I like you. You seem sweet. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have been following. I just took the class because I have no friends. Oh. Well, kind of glad you did. If you hadn't, I'd probably be dead. You not mad, Frogface? No. I actually, um... I followed you too, the other night. Wasn't trying to stalk you, but you left your tablet. So... You're not gonna try to eat me? Have frog legs for dinner? No. What about that super scary monster? Cat Gigi. If I don't use my voice, it sleeps. So... We can be friends? Yes. Okay. Well, I have to give your tablet back, so... How about we meet next week? Like... like we do in class. I'll order your drink for you so you don't have to talk. We can call it our graduation. Yes, please. We'll have a hopping good time. <sighs> Shut up. She thinks my jokes are cute. So, my new friend might be a monster. And she did just eat our teacher. But you know what? I'm cool with that. Is it possible for a story to be bone-chilling and heartwarming? I think we have an answer. It just goes to show two things. There is someone out there for everyone. And beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> when it comes to being lucky in love, your options are to either put yourself out there or settle down with a literal monster. Ah, <laughs> well... Even monsters need friends and love. Who am I to yuck someone else's yum? If you enjoyed this story, please check out the author in the links below. If you're craving another yarn spun by Quincy Lee and narrated by me, have a look on your screen now and click on the video card. But before you go, <laughs> Won't you leave a like on this video? Let me know your thoughts on this story and my telling of it in the comments below. And subscribe for more stories like this one. Whatever you do, 
Make sure you Google your love interest before the first date. And don't fall asleep. Ha, 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 ha.